This podcast is brought to you by Bird's Basement, the premier music dinner and supper club in Melbourne. Bird's Basement is open every night and offers you a wealth of entertainment options. To entertain your guests, whether corporate or family and friends, you can see all your favourite artists or discover new ones. Artists that you would normally see in concert halls or stadiums from afar, you can watch at Bird's Basement up close. It doesn't get more intimate than that. Experience it. Go to birdsbasement.com. Bird's Basement is part of the Jazz Corner of Melbourne. Relaxation upstairs, excitement downstairs. And now, please welcome your host, entrepreneur and jazz guitarist, Albert. Hello, this is Albert. Welcome to the Bird's Basement Show podcast. Today, I am interviewing Samuel Torres. He is a percussionist and a great composer from Bogota. He lives in New York. Uh, he has brought with him five incredible, incredibly talented musicians. And by the way, any superlative I may use won't do them justice. They are great. I like this band and these guys. I like them so much. I have given them a record contract. So they're going to be part of the Birds family. Samuel Torres is an absolute master and I have to say he is so simpatico so let me give you Samuel Torres Samuel Torres welcome to Melbourne welcome to Bird's Basement thank you very much it's a pleasure to be here you know we had here three weeks ago another Torres Nestor Torres but he's from Puerto he's Rico from Puerto Rico is the name Torres come from Puerto Rico? I'm from Colombia. I think, actually, you know what? Uh, Torres is a Sephardi last name. It's from the Spanish Sephardis who, who emigrated, Jewish who emigrated from Spain in the, you know. In, Are you Jewish? No, no, no. I, I'm not Jewish, but... Because I am a Sephardic Jew. Oh, okay. But I know many of the last names we have in Latin America are Sephardi, originally from Sephardi origin. Okay, that's interesting. How was it growing up in Colombia? I I I think I I feel very lucky because Colombia is a country full of diversity in culture. Uh, I grew up in Bogota, and Bogota it's like a melting pot of culture. You know, it's like a city like New York. In the 50s, they used to call it the Athenas of South America. So you get the influence of many diverse uh, cultures. You have, in music-wise, you have the traditional Colombian culture, you know, the Afro-Colombian culture. You have the music from the mountains that is very different. And there's a strong classical music uh, movement and, and concerts and orchestras. There is a lot of salsa. There's a lot of jazz, there's a lot of rock. Rock is very heavy in Bogota. So basically I grew up with a, a lot of diverse diverse music and I had a really great education, you know. I was very lucky. Are there any tribal music from the Indians? You know, that's the thing. I'm there's some but traditional tribe music from the Indians I think is in the in the jungle, in the Amazon. But I don't really know too much about it. It's it's something that in Colombia hasn't been explored too much because the other traditional Colombian music is so strong is that that the focus is being in the most in the Afro-Colombian tradition. 
So, um, what were your influences as you were growing up? Yeah, I think my, my biggest influence was my uncle. My uncle, his name is Eddie Martinez. He used to, he was living in New York from the 1960s. He, perf he performed with the greatest Latin musicians in, in New York, Ray Barreto, Eddie Palmieri, Tito Puente, Gato Barbieri, and he did a bunch of those great arrangements. Uh, it was him who played the piano and who did the arrangements. He actually, he was playing in the, when Gato Barbieri was big, big star in the late 70s, mm -hmm. all the piano player in those recordings was my uncle, Eddie Martinez. So I grew up listening to the music he did in New York, I, I had, because of my grandparents, I had all those recordings in, at home in Bogota and I grew up listening to him and dreaming about... Was he coming to Bogota back once in a while? Yeah, he came like when I was young, like until I was six, seven years old. Then he, he didn't come back for many years, mm -hmm. but he would send me music tapes, recordings from New York with uh, music that he was doing, music that was happening. Oh, you should listen to this. You should listen to this new record of salsa. He new thing he was sending me, that thing. And I grew up listening to all this music. And, and my, what instruments you started to play? What was your first instrument? Yeah, well, my mother didn't want me to be a musician. So, because all my family was musicians, so they knew how difficult it was to be a musician in Colombia. And basically, so she what, wanted you to be a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She and I was a really good student, so she had no. She's gonna be like a doctor, mathematician, whatever. Or a lawyer. She sounded like a Jewish mother. <laughs> so you, you like were a right. lawyer. But uh, I began to listen to all these recordings and fell in love with music. And I began to put the cookie cans and begin to hit the cookie cans every afternoon. Listen, I didn't know how to play nothing. Just put the cookie cans and begin to hit, hit. And began to learn how to play. What, what are the cookie cans? You know, the squid, the, those big cans when they have ah, cookies, the cans. like okay. like saltines and everything. The sardines. You know, it's like uh, uh, me and my French accent. I'm making fun of you and your Spanish accent. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you were you were playing with cans. I mean, that must have been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and I think I fell in love so much with that that I convinced my mother that I wanted to be a musician. And when she told me, are you really serious? You want to be a musician? I How old her, were you then? I was not that young. I was already 14 years old. Uh -huh. And she told me, if you really want to be a musician, you have to be a good one. And you have to study a lot. And you have to study classical music. You cannot be only just playing congas. You have to learn music in, every, in all aspects. And that's what I did. As soon as I convinced her, I went to the music program in the university for, for young people and I began to study a lot I began to play in salsa clubs in nightclubs and I was a minor and I was 14 years old you know getting in all these clubs just playing the bongos and the campanas and everybody in Bogota all the musicians they saw that I was really wanted to do that so everybody Dedicated. helped me everybody helped me everybody yeah. take care of me you know, all musicians everywhere, the bar, tenders, the bar owners, they all knew I was in the area, that it was illegal for me to be in those bars because I was 14 years old. And everybody just let me in and they took care of me and I was practicing and playing a lot. So that must have been a fun time for you. Yes. Um, and, and those clubs at the time, they were full of smoke too, weren't they? Yeah. 
full smoke, uh, smoke alcohol, they, they could drugs, been, everything. Could not have been that good for you, even if you did not smoke yourself. Yeah. Uh, to be in that environment was not exactly <laughs> yeah. the best one. I was really, really focused on why I was in those places. Also because people that I know, actually another uncle of mine, he had he was a great musician, but they had a lot of problems with drugs in in, the, in New York. So I grew up always with that, with that, and seeing how musicians will, you know, will drink a lot and they, they never had like a good life or something. So I knew that if I was gonna go in all these parts and places, that it was hard for a, you know, for a teenager. I was really focused on why I was there. I was there for music, and I keep that focus very all the focused, time. Yeah. So I could, you know, grow up. And, and, and so music. you were very focused, and you studied classic. Uh, so how old were you when you finally decided, okay, I'm going to go to America? I I always really kind of wanted because I the music that I really wanted to do that it's what I'm doing now in in New York that it's Latin jazz it's jazz it's all this world music I knew the place for that was New York but I was waiting for the right moment when I was like 19 or something I began to apply for schools in New York in the United States I got some half scholarships but it still was very expensive for me to go to the United States so I decided to fi to finish my career, my bachelor degree in, in, in Colombia. And then when I was finishing my bachelor degree, maybe one year bef before just finished, my mother uh, married a, a Cuban musician, actually, and they moved to Miami. So actually, it was the perfect situation. You know, I finished my school, and when I finished all my signatures, everything, I moved to Miami with my mother and her husband. And her husband. And that's, I was like 22, 22 years old when I moved. And the good thing is that I, while I was in Colombia, I was able to do a lot of great stuff too. I was doing arrangements for soap operas and some movie projects. I had the arrangements and production. I was very young. Mm -hmm. So right. I had some good training when I to get to the United States. So you got to Miami and uh, it's nearly Colombia, Miami. I mean, there's so many... Spanish-speaking yeah. Spanish. people, yeah. uh, you must have felt at home. Well, yes and no. I felt at home because, of course, there's Latin community, but the kind of city is very different than Bogota. You know, Miami, it's a city with a lot of space, a lot of highways, and people don't walk too much. You know, it's, it's, it's very nice, beautiful. Bogota is the opposite. Bogota is very similar to New York. A lot of people in the streets, walking, taking the bus, traffic. And I was used to that. Okay. And Bogota is in the mountains. So it, it's cold. Mm -hmm. So for me, Miami was actually really oh, it's different. It's not cold, that's for sure. Yeah. And, but it was a great transition for me. So when I get to, to Miami, I was began to practice more. That's where I met a lot of great Cuban musicians. I met Arturo Sandoval, and that's when I began to play with him. Okay. And, and my, I began my career and prepare all my life to finally move to New so York. So he had already moved from Cuba to New York or not yet? Arturo. Who, Arturo, he was, he was in Miami. Yeah, he, he was living in Miami. 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 Okay. So Miami. then he had this club. Yeah, he, did you meet him when he had his club in Miami? Actually, I began to play with him much 
before before I before okay. I began to play with him maybe in year ninety nine ni okay. nineteen ninety nine okay the club came a little bit later so Arturo what a great player yeah 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 I learned a lot with him I learned a you, lot a lot you, you, I don't I'm not surprised anybody could learn every, every day with Arturo I, I had a cigar with him in Los Angeles and then we came out of the cigar shop and he said to me. I'm going to show you something. Said, okay. <laughs> and he took his hands and he did something to his hand and he blew in his hands oh. and it was stronger than any trumpet I've yes. ever heard. Yes, I've seen that. <laughs> He's amazing. Um, so uh, you are now in Miami playing with Arturo Sandoval. Already you're playing with the best musicians in the planet. What was next for you? Yeah, I, Miami was a really great experience for me. But I was looking for a, for a place where I could find more, and that's what brought me to New York. And when I moved to New York, I still playing with Arturo. I keep playing with Arturo and living from in New On York. On tour when he was yes, doing the so I was touring, and we were touring a lot. We, yeah. it, it was almost every week, every weekend we were out. By the way, it's still like that. Yeah, I know. And then in New York, what I found was incredible amount of young musicians and established musicians who were doing different projects and basically it helped me find my own voice because there was so many people doing that searching their own personality because when you get to New York it's like your idols live there the people you always imitate to try to, to play they are there so if you get there you have to find something that is yours because it's full of musicians and how but you, you were bringing with you some authenticity exactly so 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 you learn from that and you see how many diverse projects were how each leader was doing their own thing looking for their own tradition their own you know background and that's basically what happened in York. and i began to play with a lot of musicians from different parts and that's where i met richard bona and I began to play with Richard. I did like five years with his group and I traveled the world with him. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot playing with him, playing some of the African groups. And I began to play with a lot of other African artists. I began to play with some Spanish artists playing flamenco. I began to play with the Brazilian guys. I began to play more funky R&B. I began to play all these diversity things that teach me a lot, you know, I learned so much. And how did you transit from being a sideman to your own projects? Yeah, it's, I'm still a sideman, you know, I, I think I, I enjoy a lot playing, basically when I got to New York, two years, two years later after I got to New York, I began to, to record my own project. I had a lot of compositions from way before, but they were missing something in concept wise. And that's what I found in New York. I began to play with a lot of musicians that, that helped me do that. I did my first record in 2005. And, and I began to play around New York. I began to, to find connections in, in Colombia and tour with my band. I began to do gigs in Europe and different parts. And but to actually write the music, yeah. as you do, you need to have an instrument. Yeah, I play a little bit of piano. So you play the piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it cannot be just a little bit because you, you, you create all your music with the piano, yeah. right? Well, 
I don't have the 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 technique, you know, and and I I do a lot of the compositions is in the in watching the score in the computer mm -hmm. because I can play some things, but I but I cannot play everything. You know? So when I see the music written, I I get more ideas mm -hmm. because my piano is very limited, so I don't want to limit my compositions to what I can play in the piano. Sure, but it's enough to write uh, some themes. Yes. And then you get the musicians. And some in, sonorities and, and some chords and, and, and textures. You know, of course, I can, I can play. Yeah, and then the rest you develop when you are with your musicians, I guess. Yeah, and, and I, I, I write a lot. Uh, I'm very... I like the balance between specific things in the composition and the most spontaneous. Mm -hmm. I like the both. So what inspires you? How you get inspired, I should say? I think everything in life can make you an inspiration, you know. But let's say that you've got, uh, you're sitting down, you're saying, okay, I'm going to compose today, or you're coming already with an idea when you sit down? I, I come with a feeling, you know. Maybe when I sit down, I just try to feel. What, what, what is inside, you know, try to feel. And then at some point I began to do a lot of, you know, maybe play around. I'm just like playing, having fun. And then in that having fun, there's like an epiphany. Mm -hmm. Music wise, there's a melody, there's something, a motif, something that I say, wow, I like that. So then I begin to explore that motif, that melody, and that what builds a mm -hmm. composition. I think that's the most difficult part writing is to find that first idea, that first motive that gives you all the material to compose a piece. Yes, you can then uh, create a theme and you develop it from there. And do you ever have um, a dream where you hear all the music and you wake up and you write it? I, I, no, I never wake up. <laughs> no? I hear it. Okay. And then I woke up remembering that I hear beautiful music. <laughs> uh, I, I have a heavy sleep I don't wake up <laughs> I keep sleeping <laughs> I think you know maybe it's, it's that moment when you're completely connected to some you know to some something I think when I write and and I begin to write things I kind of get disconnected of, of my environment I explain and think you know this 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 and then I don't quite remember how the, the process you know how I wrote something I I think it's like when you do a solo, you go improvisation, just get the congas and I play, I play yes, and I just... you don't want to be too analytical about it. No. I By the way, I've seen your, your congo solo for like 20 minutes that you have on YouTube. It's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you. What a great thing. You've put some 10 congas around you Yeah. and uh, that was in a house? Was that in your house? Yeah, no, that was in actually, in Mar I think in Martin Cohen's house. He's the founder of Latin Percussion, okay. the company. That was so beautiful. You, there was a great thing, and I think we've got it on the on the Bird's Basement website for promotion. Yeah, and we've got you there playing. Nice. Yeah, I think uh, music is something magical, and and we are blessed to be able to to play music, and especially playing like you. Hey, that's uh, not uh, you, you can you can rehearse and practice a lot, but uh, you've got a gift. There is no question oh, thank about you. it. Thank you very much. And I've seen you just before rehearsing and conducting your guys. 
you know exactly what you want and you get it because they wonderful yeah what you were doing there was fantastic incredible musicians absolutely so, uh, you know how i heard about you was through pablo yeah so pablo sends me an email then he calls me and he said man i'm playing with this guy <laughs> he's uh, unbelievable samuel torres man you have to listen so yeah okay at First of all, I ignored him. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, I've got so many requests and we I've, do so many things. And then I've eventually, eventually I went to the links he sent me and I started listening to you and I thought that was great. And um, that's how you came here. Yeah, we, I think but the, the, it's not easy to bring this ensemble complete from New York when you travel. That's why... It's important and so special for me to be here mm -hmm. them because uh, it's not easy. It's not easy to bring in jazz, to bring six musicians from New York to have this amount of concerts outside New York. It doesn't happen too often. Sometimes I travel and, and I found great musicians all over the world and put and make the music. But when I play the, with the musicians from New York, it's very special because, because that's home. Mm -hmm. And we play a lot with this extent home. Yeah. We have played many clubs and jazz clubs, and finally to travel with them, with all of them, not not half, not three musicians, no, all the band from New York, it's one of my, it's a dream. You know, it doesn't have to happen that often. Well, I'm happy that we make your dream come true. So thank you, really, no, thank you for well, the effort, absolutely, because it's not just, uh, it's okay to have... Uh, Uh, the invitation to come it's in, it's another story to make the effort to, yeah to, no not, for for us is is it's an honor to be here and we're looking forward actually the my first time in australia i've been lucky to travel all around the world but never to australia so this is my first time i'm playing with this band and this wonderful club it's really really special absolutely and uh, i'm sure that our listeners are taking it all in because Uh, it's not every day that we've got a talent like yourself um, with a band like yours uh, in Melbourne. I mean, there is a lot of um, so-called Latin bands in yeah. Melbourne, but uh, the authenticity that you're bringing and the skill and the level of playing and musicianship with all the guys you've got uh, is something really that isn't common in Melbourne. So guys, you must come and see this band, um, Samuel Torres. Um, but Samuel, can you tell us, uh, go around the band and tell us a little bit about each musician? Yeah. Uh, let's, let's begin with the piano. Yes. Silvano Monasterios is from Venezuela. I think he came two weeks ago with Nestor Torres. You know, I met Silvano when I was living in Miami. And I was a young kid and Silvano was already a very established musician. And he's one. He's been one of the most important piano players out of Venezuela. He's such a great player. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He has, for me, it's very incredible the the combination he has from the traditional Venezuelan music and South American music that it's different from the Caribbean music. Mm -hmm. But also he has all the tradition of the Caribbean music, has all the jazz elements, but it, and also a lot of the contemporary classical textures. He used those textures in the piano. So for me, it's... He has an incredible touch. Yes. And as you said, uh, rightly, he combines those jazz structures with 
the South American beautifully. Yeah, and for me it's very important because we connect because the Latin jazz that we're doing has, of course, that element of Afro-Cuban music and, and salsa because it's part of an identity, but I put a lot of elements from South America. And the rhythm, we're Latin, you know, we're Latinos, we're Latin American, but it's not the same. The, the, there's different ways of approaching the, the groove and the beat. And in my in my music, I every tune has a specific, like, a road, a different approach in, in, in rhythm. Silvano is wa wonderful. There is a lot of spirituality in the rhythms. Yeah, totally. So um, you've studied all of that. Well, I don't know if I studied, but but I think when I learn or, or study a rhythm, it's like learning a language, an accent. You have to understand a little bit the mentality, how how people live, how people think, how what's the personalities to really understand the, each rhythm, the interpretation each, of the yeah, rhythm. Yeah, each rhythm is a culture. Yeah, it's it's culture. You have to understand that. Yeah, it's that. There is that tradition and there is that respect yeah. that comes with it. Totally. Uh, on the trumpet, we have Alex Norris. Alex Norris is also a very special person in New York. He, he's one of these uh, jazz musicians who is totally versed in Latin music and jazz. You know, Alex is, is actually a PhD from the University of Miami. Uh, he's a teacher in Baltimore, the university. So he's he's a really intellectual person, but he doesn't play like that. No? He plays with his heart. And Alex played. And, and what a tone! Yeah, and he played from his Les always with Charles Mingus big band to all jazz bands. But he also was the trumpet player for Conjunto Libre with Manny Oquendo, that is the pure traditional salsa from New York. So he has both elements totally together. On the bass. Uh, we have someone that is also, I think, is a really a living legend, bass player, Ruben Rodriguez. Ruben has recorded any salsa hit that you imagine from the 80s to now. Mark Anthony, La India, Jennifer Lopez, everything. He's the bass player. He's the bass player for all that. For Latin jazz, he's the number one recorded bass player. Wow. So he comes with that root, not all that tradition, all that he has that when he plays. It feels like a, a like a root, so solid. Mm. And for you it's so important. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and for Pablo. Yes. So let's go to uh, in drums, Pablo Benzi that yes. you're talking Pablo, I met him in New York. I met him because uh, we had so many friends in common uh, common friends. Mm. And then we began to play together and we had a really good connection. You know, Musically met, and, and personally. I met Pablo through Antonio Sanchez. Oh, okay. So Antonio recommended him for a tour. That was back in 2012. Hmm. That's how we met. And finally, the guitarist. Guitar. Tom is also a very versed a jazz, piano, a jazz guitar player. And then I first saw him playing Latin rhythms with a friend of mine, Manuel Valera. He had a group called New, New Cuban Express. And, he, and Tom was playing there. And I, I really like it a lot. And we began to be friends with Tom. We played together a couple of times. And then when I wanted to put the sextet, this yeah. sextet, 
you know, I like the, the horn section, no trumpet, saxophone with horns. I love it. I, but I want to find another color that, that it, it brings a little yeah. more space, more interpretation for, 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 for my music. And I said, you know what? Finally, this is the opportunity to call Tom. Can I tell you, you've succeeded in putting a band together. Each musician has such a care about the tone of their instrument. Hmm. Maybe you should call yourselves the masters of tone. <laughs> I've got a little recording, which I'm going to put on the podcast yeah. because I just recorded it yeah. okay. nice. while, uh, while uh, you were rehearsing. Yeah. I'll put that at the end of the podcast. Yeah, or in the middle. I, I'm not <laughs> sure, guys. You will see where it is. But it, it sounds incredible. Oh, thank you. And uh, have you, what's your record company? Uh, I, my last record uh, was with Soho Music. The first two records I did, it was independent, my own record. And uh, you know we've got a record company. Yes. It's yes. called Alfie Records. Oh. So if you guys play here, and can we record you? Of course. You, so, uh, in, and we do a deal after this week, and we'll put it out. Please, you know, okay. we're on the podcast. <laughs> That's great. Yes, 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 uh, yes So certainly. we've got great distribution in the United States, South America, and Europe, and so on. So we'll take care of that because that's what we're looking for, that kind of quality. And you just have that quality. And I thank you. Thank and you thank you for coming here. And I hope you've been looked after so far, and we're going to continue to look after you the whole week. Thank you. I'm really honored. I uh, encourage everybody here at Melbourne to please come and join us. I, I, for me, the concert and music, it's, it's something very special that I want to share with, with the people to make it. People come and live happy, you know, that have an experience. For me, music is, is that, so... So we're going to record every session from now until Sunday. Perfect. And then uh, we will send you all the music. You, there's a couple of studios we work in, in with in New York, mm. and you'll just edit the whole yeah, thing yeah. and come up with the best tunes. Perfect. Okay. That's the deal. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. And... Uh, Please come and see Nestor Torres. Samuel. Samuel. <laughs> so we have too many Torres. Please come and see Samuel Torres. Until Sunday, we are here at Bird's Basement. Thank you for listening. Hello, this is me again. I hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please hit that subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. That would be really nice. If you're in Melbourne... I hope to see you at the venue and see uh, Samuel Torres and his great musicians. By the way, we are now calling them the Masters of Tone. And if you are not in Melbourne, there is some great news. We are currently installing some cameras at the club and soon you will be able to see every show live on the internet uh, wherever you are. Until next time, I'm Albert.
Mm-hmm.